All 8 billion of us are doing metabolism at all times. This show is about learning what metabolism is, how it affects you in every way possible, from mood and mental state to performance and energy. We are all about fine-tuning the human experience for you to achieve the best self you can be. And if you are someone who loves science, curious to know how your body works and how to optimize it, then you are in the right place. This is the HVMN Podcast. In this episode, we have Charlie Lawrence, who is a 50-mile world record holder, an HVMN athlete, also a run club consultant. In this episode, we talked about how he broke the 50-mile world record, what sort of nutrition he used, what training did he do, and also how did he use ketone IQ to fuel all his races. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. We have Charlie Lawrence today on the HVMN podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me, dude. It's been uh, been a long time coming. Been excited for this. So yeah, for sure. Um, I I didn't even know when did you become our partner. I I knew at some point, you know, we were chatting on Instagram. We were sort of talking to each other, liking each other's posts, and then I saw you breaking the fifty um, uh, mile record, world record. So when when did you start, um, you know, working with us and and using ketone IQ? So without getting this, I guess too long. Um, been kind of connected with you guys <clears throat> really the summer of 22. Um, I just DM'd Brandt, Mike Brandt, our CEO, um, cause I saw him on, on Lance's podcast during the tour. Um, I was super, super injured at that point. Wasn't even running, was just cycling. So I'm like, gotta get excited about cross training a little bit. So saw the tour, watched Lance's recap, saw Mike, just sent Mike a DM, just like, you know, just curious about the product. I always want to try, you know, anything that can help. Um, and he was just like, yeah, hey, let me send you something to try. So that was 22. Um, just periodically, if I needed more, I could just shoot him a DM or shoot him a text. He'd send me more. And then really officially um, was going to be early 23. And then really kind of locked me in um, as an athlete partner this summer um, when the crew was out, out in Aspen. So living in Boulder, Colorado, um, I was told Brandt, I'm like, hey, if you're ever in Colorado, let me know. And I'll gladly you know, make the trip to come see it wherever you're at. Um, so yeah, I made the trip. Um, kind of just like on a Sunday, Saturday afternoon, stayed with them uh, Saturday night in Aspen, ran with everyone Sunday morning, busted back. But, um, you know, obviously dinner with the team and lunch with the team the following morning and ran 16 miles with, with Mike that morning. So, um, you know, officially really this summer and then, you know, obviously getting fully healthy and all that and being able to really utilize the product and in my training and racing when I'm at full capacity has been, been great and kind of this transition, you know, with me. So it's been really from, from the start of me, literally not even be able to run to, to a world record. So. Um, yeah, nice. Let's talk a bit about about that. What's your background like? How did you get into running? Um, you're obviously, you know, an endurance athlete, as you were saying. You were cycling before. Um, how did you even begin? Yeah, so I was born into it. Like I was, I was lucky. I don't want to say it was easy because you know what we do is in training. I mean, you do it yourself. Like nothing that you do, like physically exerting, training, running, lifting, is is easy. Um, but I, I'd say I probably had a really easy introduction to it where I grew up in a small town, central Minnesota, um, about 2,500 people. Um, I grew into a family coach. My mom was the cross country coach. My dad was a track coach and football coach. So like second I'm born, I'm just like, not necessarily thrown into it, but it was just like, it was either like, go, like go hang out with your parents, the people you look up to the most and watch practice or go to daycare. And I was like, I'm not going to daycare. So um, you've got to the point too, where in second grade, my parents, I guess in first grade, they got a divorce. So that next, um, fall, 
it was either like for sure go to daycare or I could go and actually like kind of just hang out across range practice, like officially. Cause otherwise I'd have to go to daycare cause my dad was, was busy. Um, and this is kind of like my introduction to at least running. They're doing a, a kind of a mile time trial for the junior high kids. So seventh, eighth, ninth graders, I'm a second grader. Um, they're like, I'm like, Hey mom, can I hop in to see what I can do? She's like, Oh yeah, of course. Um, so I hopped in as a second grader, beat all of the seventh, eighth and ninth graders, um, just full sticked it, went it like wire to wire. I'm just running as hard as I possibly could and beat all of them. Um, so from that, from that day, I, I knew that I was, was going to be, I think I had kind of a knack for endurance sports at least. Right. Um, and then through there, just really transitioned, you know, I, there were some days where I'd like, wouldn't go to practice, but I'd rather go nap and go to daycare and stuff as a second grader. Um, but there were days where I'd be like, all right, I'm going to show up to practice. I'm going to beat everyone, no matter what. Um, all the way up through really kind of, you know, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, officially joined cross country, um, and track then in junior high and, um, just kind of progressed from there really. Um, but I was, I was a student of it. I was asking my mom, like why they did these, you know, tempo runs, what a speed endurance day was like what these repeats were just always been a student of the sport really. Um, and from that, like it become me, like me learning from her and then me seeing other workouts from other professionals or other, like, let's say like elites or college programs like, Hey, what do you think we incorporate, you know, this in our training as a high schooler, I'm asking that. Um, just try to get the most out of myself and was fortunate where, you know, being kind of brought up through that, through that, through essentially birth gradually through, um, you know, I was fortunate to won a couple state titles was a two time state champion in Minnesota in the third, 200, one of my junior senior year, uh, one in cross country fortunately didn't win. That was, uh, was third to two seniors, my junior year. Um, and then second to, uh, to a senior. And I was actually fourth as a sophomore. So I, I wanted that one really badly. Didn't get it. Um, Really, you know, went on to run Division One, ran for the Minnesota Gophers there, um, and really the person that probably gets the most credit for me being where I'm at today is Steve Placentia. He was my college coach. He was a uh, two-time U.S. Olympian in the 10K, no, 5K then 10K, um, 1990 U.S. 10K champion. Almost made his uh, third Olympic team in the marathon at age 40. So wow. just just a competitor, yeah. Um, fiery, fiery dude, total hothead. Very, very, very similar to me. Um, we butted heads a lot, but we knew it was just because we're, we're both hyper-competitive. So, um, you know, he coached me all the way up for, through being kind of a small town kid, like I mentioned, 2,500 people up to one of the best in the Big Ten in cross-country. Uh, most competitive in track, but really found my niche really in cross-country. Um, just kind of that, that strength side, get on grass, um, just about beating people. And that's what, I, that's what I enjoy about this sport the most. So um, he ultimately coached me up to my marathon debut right after I finished up in college. Uh, ran 216.10, and then from there got my, got my pro start. So, um, joined Hanson's Brooks, which is a Brooks sponsored group based out of Michigan, Rochester, Michigan was with them through the 2020 US Olympic marathon trials. I played 61st, which is, I mean, it, looking back, it's pretty disappointing. Um, but at the time I didn't really know how to feel. It was just, I was excited to be there kind of, I want to say I was overwhelmed, but I was like, just go run hard. And I made some dumb decisions just being, it was my second marathon ever was immature. Um, after that made the move to Boulder, Colorado, um, and eventually, you know, it was like, I think I have a knack for just how I responded through these, this be it, excuse me, these big aerobic based runs all the way through even like college. Um, especially when I turned pro, I was just very good at running, go run 20 to 25 miles at six minute, 550, 540, 530 pace. Um, and just like being relatively good at it and feeling, I don't want to say effortless, but it felt pretty smooth compared to everyone else. So, and Plaz, um, coach, my college coach, he'd always be like, you're going to be great on the roads one day. 
Um, he'd always just tell me that, like, whatever that meant, like, was up for interpretation. You know, it could have just been qualified for the Olympic trials and marathon once. You know, we'll see. Um, but eventually, you know, now it's like, now looking back 10 years from, well, I entered college 10 years ago in 2023, that fall of 2013. So I've been running, you know, Division One professionally now for 10 years. I'm um, really see it kind of, you know, pop a major one off 10 years later. So I think that's kind of what he meant when I broke that record. And I guess kind of going back to my story too, is, you know, made the move to Boulder after the 2020 trials and been training here kind of ever since. And um, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I can touch on how I kind of made the jump to, to the ultra world and where I kind of hope to go. But um, through just training out here, meeting people, um, you know, it definitely was kind of put in, put in my ear a couple of times. And, you know, I have to shout out my friend, Des Linden, who we just brought on officially um, this year to, to the team as well. So stoked to have her on board with, with HVMN and ripping keys on IQ. So, um, yeah, no, I'm like, I'm so stoked that we got that happened or that we made that happen. So, so from, you know, obviously you, you have been in the, the sports for a while and you know what to train, what to eat and all of that. What made you even curious about ketone IQ? Cause you know, a lot of people are obviously until now are quite skeptical. Like those who are believing in ketone IQ, they fully believe in it. They, they live, breathe and sleep with it. But there are people out there who are still skeptical. How did you overcome that skepticism and try ketone IQ? And what would your advice be for people out there who would like to try ketone IQ but are still skeptical? Yeah, for me, man, it was just taking that first step, like sending Mike a DM. You know, at that point, you like you know Mike well. Like he in 2022, and don't quote me, he had probably under 2,000 Instagram followers. Now he has 80, 90,000. So he's grown a ton. Um, and he got back to me within like 30, 30 minutes after I sent the DM, you know, um, it's just take that first step to try it. Cause I had first heard about it from, I heard about it in 2017 with like one of the first versions of your ketone ester it came in like the, almost like the square bottle. Yeah. Um, my buddy, Tristan, he's a former pro cyclist. He was in Colorado Springs. I was out visiting him. Um, and him and his buddies were talking about this supplement called like, you know, I think it was just HVMN at the time. Yeah. Um, and they're like, yeah, they have this, it's called the ketone ester. It tastes terrible. You might vomit, but you can like put out 10 to 15% higher wattage, you know, on, on your bike. And those are the numbers that, that they were talking because they're, they're cyclists. And I'm like, well, it's got to translate in some capacity to running. So that was the first time I heard about it. And it was just in the back of my head. And I remember I looked at the price and I don't, you know, don't, don't quote me, but it was for like four servings. $150. Does that sound accurate or something? Yeah, no, that's a, like three, three servings for 120 120 i think it's around there like 100 to 120 dollars for three servings yeah okay yeah and i was just like i'm like i mean i was already taking like you know l-carnitine like the like all those supplements like that so like i'm i will like and i still take l-carnitine but i'm like i'll take any supplement that i think will will benefit my running and recovery and performance all that um but I, like honestly at that price point i was just like I can't justify it. Like, I just can't. Like, I was still like, I just signed my pro contract, which was not a lot of money. Like, you know, we're, we're pretty much at the poverty line with what I was doing in professional running. Like, had to run fast to, to make more than that. Um, so that was the first time I heard about it. And for me, going back to your question, was just like, just take that first step. Like, go, like, we have tons of promotions. I have a code. I have a, several discount codes. Like, go take advantage of that on your first sale and, like, just give it a try. Go get, go get six shots, get a caddy um, chill it, rip it 10, 15 minutes before your first run and just see how you feel. 
um, you know, even before I hopped on this call, it was like, I just know how I feel off of it. Like I ripped one 20 minutes ago, you know, I, so you just know, <laughs> yeah. Like you just, you feel a little more dialed. Um, it's like, it's the same thing too, where it's like, I, I love coffee. I make my pour over every single morning before every race, I have to bring my hand grinder, like you name it. Um, love my coffee, love my caffeine. But like, if I drink it past noon, like I'm not sleeping till midnight, you know? Um, so for me, it's like, it's that little like caffeine kick to energy focus. Um, you just feel good off of it. So for me, it's like, you know, take that first chance, just go buy it. It's worth every penny. Um, you know, judging for me, it's like, I'm, we're fortunate we get it for free, but at the same time too, it's, it's a product where now that I know like how I feel off of it and how I've performed off of it, recover, like I'd pay for it in a heartbeat, you know, if, <laughs> if I had to. And it's, um, and it's, you know, $30 for, for 10, 10 servings instead, you know, so. Yeah, that's great. Like I said, you know, my, the initial, the initial, uh, you know, price that I saw in 2017, you know, hundred, what is that? $40 a, a yeah, shot, was, you know? Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm, I can't justify it. So, um, yeah. now it's great. You know, it's like, you know, you know, Sprouts has some deals. Like I said, we have, you know, several, like I have a discount code myself. So, you know, whoever, whoever needs it, reach out, happy to, happy to give it. So. Yeah. I love asking people like yourself, people who have used it, people who are, you know, partners, um, their take on how they feel. Um, on Qton IQ and um, and and we'll get into that and then also like what would you say to people who are curious and skeptical because whatever I say whatever sort of explanation or content I make around the science I have the intrinsic biasness because I work for the company like that that you know people will always perceive it you know no matter how neutral or objective I am it's still coming from an employee of the company. So, so this is great. So could you, you know, for people who are not familiar with Ketone IQ, could you describe how do you feel when you're on Ketone IQ for your workouts or for any productivity sort of activities? Yeah. So for me, um, the closest thing that I can compare it to, and this is for people that also have experienced this, but like when you have that morning cup of, of coffee or like you're just kind of waking up, for me, it was traditionally like you wake up, you're kind of groggy, a little tired. Um, instead, like, and I still will, I'll stack it with my coffee. So kind of a nice one, two punch. Um, but if you like the feeling you have with coffee and you're not a caffeine person, like that's your next step. Cause it's, you're going to feel awake, focused, a little more dialed. And for me, it's just like, it, it helps me almost get into that flow state of whether it's like, if I'm banging up a few emails, um, if I'm just going out for a 10 mile run, like I take it even before my easy days, just cause I know that I'm going to feel a little more kind of in the moment focused at the task at hand, get it done, move on. It's going to help me feel good during it and help me recover, um, afterwards. And I even too, I'm to the point as well, where I take one before and after every run, just cause like, you know, you kind of hit your, your, I don't say you work out then you're pretty tired. You kind of get lethargic. I don't say sleepy, but you just kind of want to relax. It kind of helps me stay back on it where it's like, okay, I need to do mobility now. I need to do core. Then I need to, you know, send Kira an email, you know, or, or you know, or, or someone, um, you know, so it's just, it's that thing that helps you take that helps me like stay on task and just like help me check those boxes of, you know, what really a, I was like, I'm not sure if like a nootropic is the right word. You, you might be able to confirm that, but it's just yeah. like, it just helps you like really, really lock in um, and that focus that without really any sort of jitters. You know, is the best way to put it. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a, a, a good way to put it as well. And HVMN did start with you know nootropics being their main focus and the products, and we evolved to the point that we're now selling solely ketone IQ because of how powerful the effect of your ketone IQ is on the brain and on your um, just subjective feel in general. And speaking of you know all these different activities that you do, all this training that you do. Let's talk about your 50 mile world record. You know, we have a world record in our midst and, you know, I want to ask all the questions um, regarding what you did, what sort of training did you do? Uh, what sort of nutrition did you follow? And why do you choose 50 miles um, instead of any other world records to break? Yeah, so um, where should I start? Fueling, training? Let's start with training and then we'll go into fueling. Yeah. So this was a pretty unique build. Um, I'll, I'll give it that. And it really, it almost started in, in Aspen, uh, this past, is it June or July? I think it was July, late July. Um, <clears throat> I want to say my, <clears throat> excuse me, my training was, I want to say it was up in the air, um, but I had some decisions to make. Like if I wanted to kind of go in for this record, um, one of the, I'd verbalized it before to some other friends close to me. The first time I really put it up publicly to people that um, I didn't know as well was, was Mike, Kiera, um, and Josh in, in Aspen. And they're like, dude, why would you not go for that if you think you can go get it? So like hearing it from, from them obviously gave you a massive push. Dez gave me that push. Um, the, Cause the following week after Aspen, I was in Michigan with Dez. Um, Plasma college coach gave me that push. So it was like, I think we can get pretty creative with, with what we need to do here. So um, circling back to what I mentioned um, earlier was I was injured all of 2022 with a, with a sacral stress fracture um, combination of truthfully overtraining um, and a little bit of underfueling, like not intentionally underfueling, but it just, it compounds when you're training too hard and your fueling is down here. Like there's something's going to crack. Um, and literally my sacrum did. So, um, so for me, it was unique where the Olympic trials marathon window opened up in 2022. I'm injured, so I can't go get that. Um, and I was just trying to get fitness early, all of early 2020. Like the first six months was just not fit enough um, to go get, to go run like a quality marathon um, or even half marathon at that point. So it was like, I think I know that I have six months behind me. I think I can go use a marathon as a quote unquote workout, get my Olympic trials qualifier, qualifier for my second trials, which are now coming up February 3rd. Then also go get this 50 mile world, world record because let's just face it. Like it's, it's out there. I think I can do it. Um, the work behind me is there to kind of prove it and how I've done just the years of this aerobic work and these long runs. Um, so it's like, let's go back to that. Let's just get really strong. Um, let's take your volume, what you're doing. I was running about 90 to hundred miles a week. Let's almost like, let's take half of that and stack it on top. So let's get up to 130, 140. Um, I got up to 145 miles um, this past August into a part of September um, and just stack that aerobic base, man, like stack it and also keep enough workouts in there to make marathon pace feel easy. So I was still on the track ripping 800s, K repeats. Um, my favorite workout that I would do that at least three times was just 20 by 400 off 200 jog. Um, I have to shout out Brant for that as well. Cause he asked me for a workout a few weeks back and um, actually probably months back now. And he's done it a couple of times as well. So it's just, if you can run that at like 5k pace, like marathon pace is going to feel, feel buttery. Um, so it's like, do like, just check all these boxes, but like, your legs have to be able to go a marathon at about 510 pace and you're going to have to run about 545 pace for 50 miles. So like how can we make all that stuff feel easier? 
like one, you have to have the volume behind it. And two, you have to have the kind of the speed work on the other side. So meet in the middle, just be, be a weapon is the best way to put it. So that's really where, um, where I kind of, I, I made that shift. So it was really about a four month push and build, um, you know, and I ended up racing my marathon. I'll say raced it, but I ran two sixteen ten. 10, literally tied my PR to the exact second, um, without, I tapered a little bit, but not a ton, um, because I knew exactly four weeks later I had the the 50 mile world record. So, um, and that was the one big thing, massive thing circled on my calendar, um, really from late July, um, through, through when I went and got it. So, um, yeah, just high, high volume, you know, averaged at one point, like I said, 20, 21 miles a day. So running, running a fair amount twice a day, every day. Um, the one day I, that I might not run would be Mondays. Cause that's when I would see my, my, uh, massage therapist, Marcus, he works on me thoroughly and it's, you guys feel pretty sluggish after you go, after you have a massage. Cause I see, I see him at like, I see him every afternoon, like three 30. Um, then it's just, I don't want to drag out the door and like, he already just worked on me for like, you know, 30, 40, 50 minutes, sometimes up to an hour or so. Um, but other than that, it was, you know, 15 in the morning, five in the afternoon or a massive session of 15, 20 miles and five mile shakeout in the afternoon. So that was literally just on repeat for, you know, three and a half, four, four months. Right. So, so the volume part, I understand, right. It's just sets and reps. Right. And then you talking, you're talking about the speed work. So how often do you do speed work and what's the structure like? Yep. So, um, I typically fall, I'll call it like a two week segment. It's kind of how then it resets. So for me, a traditional like training week is going to be like a Tuesday, kind of like longer tempo session, a Friday track session followed by a traditional like Sunday long run, like just go, go set up a table, go do a loop. And you're not coming back to your car until you've done, you know, 25 miles, um, do that. So that's pretty fatiguing those. Then I'll give myself an extra, an extra day rest and go Wednesday, Saturday, that next week, then reset to Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, that makes sense. So it's kind of a, a two week interval is how I, how I'd break it up. Um, and traditionally it would be, like I said, so I'll just give you an example. So like a Tuesday would be like three by a, three by four miles at marathon pace or five seconds per mile faster than the marathon pace um, with like a mile float recovery. So even so let's say I'm running 505 pace for the three mile reps or the four mile reps. I'm still running that rest mile at like six flat pace just to keep it super, super honest. Um, then that next Friday, <clears throat> excuse me, I would go like 20 by 400, just keep it pretty quick. Um, and like I said, that Sunday would be 25 miles. I don't come back until you know, I, I have all my bottles and then I go get them again after I'm done and set up, you know, pick up my table, um, the following Wednesday and mind you, all these, the days in the middle, like the, the Wednesday of that week, the Thursday, that Saturday, they're all just like easy 14, 15 in the morning, easy four to six in the afternoon. So just keeping it pretty relaxed. Um, I'm also lifting the day before workouts as well, just to kind of activate everything, get muscles firing. Um, nothing too specific, just, you know, deadlifts, single leg, um, Bulgarian split squats, glute ham work, um, basic kind of just runner stuff. I don't, don't do much upper body at all. Um, whether it's, I don't know if this is like a, a mental thing, but it's like extra weight if you got, you know, too big of pecs or too big biceps. So, um, to try to stay light there. Yeah. And then the following week would be, you know, like I said, Wednesday, Saturday, where it's gonna be two kind of bigger sessions again, where probably like a VO2, like 12 to 15 by a kilometer at like 5k effort. So, you know, 255 to three minutes um with some probably 200s to finish it up on that wednesday then the following day would be like a longer warm-up 
change shoes in like another like three by five miles or like two by five miles with a two mile, like all up push and those five miles at like marathon pace. It might just be like, I'm at altitude as well. So it's like, if I can, if I'm even running marathon pace, like 510, 512, even up to 515 for these four five, six mile reps, like I know is where it sounds like mentally, it's like, I can run that for pretty much a marathon just because of, you know, you're in the middle of a massive training block running. You're not tapered at all. And you're going to running pace for, you know, five, 10, you know, all the way through like almost a 15 mile session. So um, that's also with a warm up cool down on the end. So those are, those are always big mornings. Yeah. Um, I'm actually having my uh, VO2 max test next week. I've never done those. I've never done those before, but I'm, uh, I'm sort of working with this precision medicine center down at Palo Alto. They're based in New York uh, just to, you know, check my fitness level and all that. And I think I know quite a lot about, metabolism side of things and the science and the blood work and biomarkers and all of that but to actually do the physical activity and and the physical fitness part uh like dexa scan i've never done those um vo2 max i've never done those either so it'll be quite interesting to see how um i fare you know as a normal person normal gym goer goer i'm not like you know, it's it's funny because on a daily basis we communicate with people like yourself, like world record holders. We've got Olympians, we've got athletes all over the world that are asking me for advice on dosing on ketone IQ, on what's the best way to take it, on the science. But then, you know, when it comes to execution, obviously you guys are the the ones at the uh, you know as sort of end user to actually put it to use and see the results. So uh, let's see. You know, when I when I do the test and, and figure out how to increase my own fitness. You excited? I am excited. I'm a, a bit nervous, but um, I am a, a bit, I'm quite excited because it's yes. you know, something new. Some people find this crazy where I have actually never done like a proper VO2 max test. I've done the classic, like take your two mile, you know, whatever it is, and then plug it into some conversion chart online. Right. And it spits out, it's you know, guess. So you've never done the, the, the breathing and the mask. The... No, no, it's, it's something that I really want to do truthfully. Um, cause it's like, you know, I've had buddies that have done it. It's like you ha- like, and they have high, like they're like, they're Olympians and stuff. Like they, they go hard, but it's like, they get to the point where they're like falling off the back of the treadmill, you know, like they're, cause it's, it's, you might know it's essentially like a ramp test, right? They just keep yeah. increasing the speed. Correct. Yeah. And that like, those, those are brutal, man. Like, yeah. People so. just pass out or like puke at the end. Um, it's basically fig- figuring out how hard your body can work, how hard your heart can pump uh, through um, and, and how hard can you breathe and get enough oxygen in. Yeah, no, that's, yeah, it's stuff, something where it's like, it's a number that's definitely like good to know. Um, for me, it's like, and here's where like you come in where it's like, you can like tell the exact application of it. For me, it's like, all right. It definitely means something, but it's like, where does it, what does that mean for like pacing and training? So that's exactly. one that I, that I want to do in terms of like my Especially pure threat. if you have a baseline to go with, um, you know, you can always refer it back to the baseline with regards to whatever training you do, whatever nutrition um, you, you're doing so that it acts as a feedback loop, a feedback loop to, to sort of either reaffirm it um, the, the whatever you're doing or um to amend it to improve it so yeah um and yeah go ahead i was just saying i think it's super critical because for me it's like you'll probably laugh at this like most of us like i really wanted to go to start doing some like pure threshold training and, and lactate testing you know either prick, prick my ear or finger 
but I was like, the monitor that I wanted was like $600. I'm like, eh, I'll be fine. Like the classic, like pro runner, like thresholds, like, uh, my threshold's like five flat, I think. So we'll just, we'll just base it off that, even though it's probably mine is probably realistically more like 510 or 515 pace, you know? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure you can find like, if like part of your team, um, there are a lot of like physiological labs, um, all the universities even, you know, they'll, they'll do those tests for you. Um, speaking of nutrition, um, what sort of nutrition do you follow? Do you have a specific nutrition nutrition plan when you were doing the 50 miles um, world record? Or did you switch anything during that period? Yeah, so I'll, kind of, I'll answer kind of both, both here. So for me, I have probably the most boring diet that you've probably ever heard of, Vlad. I mean, maybe you've heard, heard of more boring, but like I eat the exact same thing for like for pre-run for post run, um, and for lunch, like pretty much every single day. The only time it varies is if I don't have a second run. So maybe one day a week, I have a different lunch. Um, but for me, it's like, I just know how I feel off it, how I recover, how it sits in my stomach going into my second run. So, um, for me, it's like in this morning, cause I had a workout is a little different, but I'll kind of just walk you through that. So it's right now this morning, um, had a kind of a race week session. So racing a half marathon, but it was wake up, make my coffee, well, actually wake up ketone shot right away. Just kind of get, get in the state with that. Um, what that kick in after a few minutes as I'm making my coffee. So grind my beans, do all that. Um, I'll just do a piece of whole wheat bread, um, nut butter, honey drizzle, um, as well as just a 40 grams of liquid carbs is what I had, um, pre workout. And also I had half of a, um, not a granola bar, but a kind of just a, uh, a rice bar. It's like a Morton solid bar. Um, had about half of that. Um, jogged over to the track, did my warm-up, had another ketone shot, did my workout, um, came back, had a, had a smoothie. That's just what I make for breakfast every day post run. Um, and also finished the second half of that bar. Um, but it's going to be this morning. It was almond or almond milk, frozen banana, frozen strawberries, blueberries, massive handful of spinach, two scoops of whey protein, collagen, what else? creatine. Um, that was it. And then, like I said, the other half of that bar. Um, my lunch because I have a second run was just a cranberry tuna salad wrap from Whole Foods um, with a whole wheat tortilla, apple, electrolytes. Um, go for my run. Then dinner tonight will be because I'm leaving for Florida tomorrow. Will just be some sort of leftovers we had. Like we made some curry the other night. So have that. Um, so chicken, veggies, rice, good. I think we have some extra broccoli. Um, and then I'll usually have a snack before bed. So that's my typical typical diet. Like I had a workout. Um, if I'm just running easy, I probably won't have the carb mix, um, or I won't have the extra ketone shot, um, before the workout. I also took a ketone shot after the workout. I'll mention that as well. And I'll take another one before my second run coming up before I do my activation, um, for my second run. So today as a workout, I'll end up having four shots in total, mm-hmm. um, for just for the day, traditional day, like normal days. If I'm not working, I'll probably just have two or three. If I go pre-run post-run before my second run, um, so that's my, my typical diet when it came to just training for, I guess the, the hundred mile, obviously like you take nutrition throughout it. Um, so for me, if you want me to dive into that, I definitely can. Do you track your macros? I do not know. Um, it, so wild because that- the reason I ask is because when you dial up the, the miles, obviously the energy expenditure is going to increase as well. So how, how are you increasing? So yeah, go, let's go straight into that. I get to interview all these doctors, scientists, and cool people in this health and fitness industry 
all made possible because of this podcast that is funded by the company I work for, which is Health via Modern Nutrition or HVMN. And it is not that they pay me to do this, but I genuinely love and believe in the product Ketone IQ. I use it every day before my podcast, before my workout, or even after my workout for recovery. There hasn't been a single supplement that can give me such a drastic change in subjective feel within minutes as much as Ketone IQ has. For those of you who do not know me, I'm from Malaysia, I got my PhD from the UK, and my passion is in science and chronic diseases, and I believe it is all about transparency, scientific integrity, and about sharing with everyone so that everyone can benefit from it. And if you like this content and our work, please do support us by liking, leaving a review, or sharing with your friends and families, or even buying a shot of Ketone IQ at any Sprouts nationwide in the US, and the first shot is on us. Just scan the QR code and you'll get your money back for your first shot. You can also use the code HVMNPOD20, that is H-V-M-N-P-O-D 20, and get 20% off your first purchase at the HVMN website. Okay, so yeah, so when, I guess when, well, I'll say, so I'll go back to kind of the first part with, with increased mileage and everything, if I'm, if I'm still hungry, I will eat more 100%. I don't like, I don't just sit on the the smoothie because there's some days I'm like, I have this smoothie. I'm like, I need some eggs and I'll go make like two eggs and have an extra slice of like toast with something on it or like avocado spread. Um, so that, but like, if, if I'm not hungry anymore, I'll just sit off that. So for me going into like my 50 mile and everything, it was just like making sure I'm like topped off carbohydrates, 150%. Um, and also too, like, I just noticed I would, be a lot hungry. So with my snacks, I'd usually go to like a handful of granola or just some oatmeal, something that I know is going to sit really well, quick carbs, shoot fast. Um, that was probably like an every other day occurrence where I'd be like, I'd get hungry like after lunch before my second run. And I'd be like, I need more, more food. So either like I said, granola or an extra bowl of oatmeal, um, just with almond milk, blow it up, maybe a scoop of nut butter, stir it in, have that. So um, that's what I do to just kind of increase carbon take and calories in, in general, mostly. Um, I think one thing I'll add in as well is when I was running that much, traditionally in my smoothie, I'll just have like one scoop of protein, um, which is like 25 grams of, of whey. Um, when I'm in heavy training, like even this morning, it was just like, I do two scoops. So 50 grams, which is a little excessive for sure. And like your body can't necessarily handle all of that digesting it, but it's like, I want to make sure it's, it'll take as much as it needs or really can um, as I'm throwing that down. So um, to answer your question, I guess that's probably what I do when that is what I do when, when intensity and volume is, is really up there. Um, and then for me too, one thing, just when it comes to like recovering and doing those big aerobic sessions that we chatted about earlier, it is fueling every like three miles, like minimum five miles, like five miles, three to five miles, like make sure I'm getting liquid carbs. And I try to get at least 40 grams of carbs um, within, you know, like I said, every 5k to 8k um, every three to five miles. Um, so that's been critical because I know it helps one helps me like while I'm in the run perform better topped off and also helps with the recovery. So I'm not as far in the negative post run. Um, and typically too, and like my marathon that I ran, um, we have a bottle every, it was every 5k, which is great. So like my bottles were, it was three different combinations and it rotated. So my first bottle was just going to be liquid carbs. Um, that was a 20 gram was a different mix. Second bottle was electrolytes with a, um, 40 gram carb gel. Second one was 20 grams carbohydrates with a ketone shot in it. Um, and then that rotated. So I had nine bottles. So it was like one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Um, so for me, that's kind of how that was in the marathon. I broke it up a little differently based on the, the 
fueling stops in the 50 miler. But for me, it's just making sure that I'm like taking, giving my stomach a little bit of variation um, between the liquid carbs, the kind of, I don't say solid, but the gel, then also like dual fueling with the ketone, which has right. been super, super critical. Um, and for me too, it's like, I love caffeine. I love the coffee. Um, and I was like, do you take any sort of caffeinated gels or anything while you're like, while you're racing? And for me, it's no, because one, caffeine can sometimes mess in my stomach. Um, usually to, like the reason I have coffee in the morning too, it's so one, I love the taste and two, it's like helps kind of keep the bowel movements regular. Um, and then for me, it's like ketone IQ just sits super, super well and you get the same feeling as coffee. So that's why I take that during races and pair it with my carbs. So for those long races, um, how did you dose your ketone IQ? You said three to five miles, um, you, you at, you top up, is it just one shot? One shot. Yep. So, so the 10 grams. Um, so every, so in the marathon it ended up being roughly, it was every 15 K essentially mm -hmm. I took a ketone shot, um, in the 50 miler. And it was, it was unique. So it was, it was a double out and back. It was like 13 miles and change South 13 miles and change back North 11. And so 11 or so North again, then 11 or so back to the finish. So you start and finish at the, you know, South past it finish. Um, and so it's not every 5k, like a marathon. Um, it was like, you know, the first stop was like five and a half miles. Second one was like 10 point, whatever. Next one was 13 then 16. So it was, like, it was shorter. So it varied, but it came out to be 10 different nutrition stops throughout. So for me, like I rotated there. So like every, my first bottle was just a gel with 40 gram carb, um, gel, um, to wash taste with the electrolytes. And then the next one was liquid carbs with the ketone shot. So that was roughly every 10 miles. Um, it was at 10, you know, 10, roughly 20, roughly 30, roughly 40. And then I started, um, started really hurting at about 42 in my 50 miler. And I was going to save my last, I had a ketone shot stuffed in my, in my half tights. I was going to save it till 45. Um, but I, I used it again at like 42, just cause I was, I was starting to bonk. I'm like, I need to just stay on it, stay focused. Um, even had a one extra gel stash. I wanted to save again for 45, but I took it at 42. So I was bonking. Um, but it was just enough to like, to, you know, play those mind games. Like you're going to feel better if you take this, you know? So, um, yeah, ripped, you know, ripped all my, uh, everything I had at 42, essentially that I had on me. Um, Did you top anything up until the finishing line? So I had, there was one more stop at like 47.2, like um, before 50. And that was just a, that was just liquid carbs in it. Um, and I just like, I just took it and just like squirted my mouth and like threw it. I'm like, I'm like, I, I, one, I was like, I got this in the bag. Like I have enough time. I know it can do it. And I don't just don't think I need this. Cause my stomach at that point felt disgusting. Cause I had like, I'd put in over, I forgot the exact number, but I put in around 1800 calories, um, total. And, you know, just under 400, no, just under, it's like 450 or so grams of carbs throughout the throughout the race so my stomach felt yeah. my stomach felt disgusting yeah <laughs> so so for clarification for our audience as well um this is a great example of when people take ketones iq for performance it's not meant to replace your current nutrition right it's not meant to replace your carbs so charlie is still taking in a lot of carbs and stacking it with ketone iq and reason for that is because studies have shown that ketone IQ and, and ketones in general, when taken with carbs before a workout and during a workout, it does have a glycogen sparing effect and therefore give you a dual fuel sort of 
tank system where you have access to both your glycogen, your carbs, as well as your ketones. And on top of that, no one can deny the cognitive benefit that you can get, the focus that you can get from ketone IQ when you're going through such a hard run. You know, as Charlie said, towards the end, your body is very fatigued already. Your muscles are fatigued. Your brain is running on low fuel. You are on probably in hypoxia where your body is shutting down metabolic processes to conserve energy, fuel, substrate, everything. Um, so having that subjective increase in cognitive performance, not even just subjective, actually, um, studies have shown objective as well when they measure functional MRI in the brain when people are on ketones, you get the increase in interaction between brain regions, you are essentially giving yourself that advantage and that edge to be able to focus um, throughout that, you know, the last mile, if you would, um, and the finishing line. So yeah, I can, I cannot emphasize like this enough where, like the dual fueling of it, like how it stacks with your carbs, um, because it is that one, two punch where for me, and you hit it like right when you started where the glycogen, like sparing effect for me, it's like, you know, I'm running 50 miles, like, yes, at a, at a quick clip, you know, I averaged 546 throughout it. Um, but at the same point where if I'm not, I'm not burning through carbs as fast at 540 pace as I am at 510 pace. So therefore it's like, if I can still spare carbs, I'm going to need them when I'm getting close to bonking at 35, 40, 45 miles. So it's like you stack it early with ketone IQ. It's like, you're going to save those and you're going to need it later. Anyways, too, it just, you're going to have that energy, that focus, that instant, like little click, um, when it does get hard. So it's, it's just, like I said, it's packs a, that one, two. Yeah. And, um, I've got to ask you this question, Charlie, you know, this is a bit of a, a tongue in cheek. I, I know how much work you put in, but how much of this is, is genetics and how much of this would you attribute it to hard work? So we have, uh, so my old training group, we have this conversation, like it's hard work versus talent. Um, with, with that being said, like I, I've been fortunate to train with some of probably the most talented, like runners in the world. And like, I think there's just a level of talent that I am not at, like, that's just upper echelon. Like these guys are 209, 210 marathoners. Like I'm a 216 guy. It's good, but it's not that good. And I think where for me, it's the hard work really comes into play where I can lock into to, like I said, six minute, 550, 540, 530, a lot longer than these guys can. I mean, they can run five flat for a marathon. I can only run 510, you know? Um, but like they get to 22 miles in a marathon and they're cashed. And I'm like, I'm just warming up, man. Like I got, I got 28 miles to go, you know? Um, and I just enjoy the pure work of it and grinding. Uh, but I think that's also a talent in itself, being able to, to get up every single day and just like work my ass off. Um, that's something that I love. I love the grind. It's fatiguing. Um, but something that you just get that little edge, um, to yourself, you know, saying that like, you can outwork anyone, you know, it's something that Plaz always told my college coach. He's like, no one that I've ever coached has ever worked harder than you or no one works harder than you. That's just what it'll tell me sometimes. Um, yeah, no, persistent is a talent for sure. I think, I think, you know, what you said, waking up every day for the grind and looking forward to it, that in itself, it, it's it's even i think it's harder um if anything uh for people to do rather than having just born with the talent and innate ability to achieve things that they want to achieve yeah and that's the thing too like you know my dad going back to that he was a 
He was a Division II football American. He had a, a short stint with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, my mom's like a sub three hour marathoner herself. Um, so a lot of like, you know, for sure, not extreme athletic ability behind me, but my parents are both very good athletes in particular, like not, not taking a shot at my mom, but my dad was, you know, he could run a two flat 800 meter in 1970, like, um, super, super like explosive. He's a cornerback. So you could play that well. So definitely have some athletic given ability. Um, it's also just mental too. Like I said, just being able to, to be uncomfortable for a very, very, very long time is just a kind of a trait that I have that, you know, obviously pay dividends in the, uh, in the 50 mile and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to, to work for me when I go for you know, a like hundred K world record or, you know, world titles at, at altered distances. So, um, exactly. yeah, like I said, it's kind of the, the balance of hard work versus talent and, and where's that meet. And I think for me, I definitely embody at least, you know, with my, my old team and our combos, I'm like, I'm, I'm all hard work, man. That's all I am. So <laughs> I, I don't have the talent. You know, you've achieved so much already um, just by doing what you do. And honestly, I'm, I'm personally curious how far, how much further can you go if you couple your training regime, your nutrition with precise science, like personalized breakdowns of your nutrition, of your macros, of different supplements, plus your specific uh, measurements of the say you know vo2 max versus um the other training or the technology that we're able to track and measure and monitor and then push you to go further from the baseline which is where you are today um it'll be super interesting i can't wait to see where you go from here yeah no and that's the thing too man where it's like you know you touched on it with vo2 max i don't have that i don't necessarily know my exact you know lactic threshold exactly um, you know, I don't know exactly how many carbohydrates I need exactly per hour at whatever speed I'm running. You know, there's, and that's something that's, I don't say it's newer, but there's so much more research out there. There's so many more ways to test it all. Like in, in recent years, you know, it's pretty cool with, I forgot the gentleman's name. You might have heard of him. I've, he was actually on Boulder working with on athletic club OAC. Um, it's Sintara tech. Have you heard of, No. I, I forgot the gentleman's name. I'll have to send it to you, but. He works with like Christian Blumenfeld, um, Gustav Eden, those guys, um, just knowing exactly, exactly how many carbohydrates they need per hour, you know, like what wattage they're putting out, lactic testing, exactly. altitude training, you know, and that's the thing too. Like I have an altitude tent. I'm not in it currently, but like when I'm in base mode, I'm in my, I'm sleeping at 11,000 feet. You know, I already live in Boulder, but I'm sleeping at twice that altitude uh, just to have the blood building effects. So like, I truly do like, I used to sleep, like I have an oximeter too, to know exactly like my blood level in there and like where you want to keep it to, you know, increase, have my EPO production and all that. Um, so like there's things I've done, but like with technology, like you mentioned, there's so many other like untapped avenues that I can take, um, especially now where it's like, I want to go break another world record. I want to win a world title. And it's at this point, it's like, like we're trying to, we're like, everyone's pretty talented. Everyone works pretty hard. It's like, where like where can you get the extra those extra numbers from you know that kind of extra one percent so no i i'm with you 100 percent on that so and that's one thing like from the initial start of our conversation was like what's a product that can help you like ketone iq man like it's the science is there you know so um you just gotta gotta try it and stack it and you know figure out where it, where it fits in your um in your regime i guess yeah um so what's next, you know, you mentioned a bit on like world record and 
Olympics and what's your 2024, 25 looking like? Yeah. So right now, um, so it's February or sorry, January 10th, um, in three and a half weeks, I have the U S Olympic marathon trials. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I'm not, not going to win by any means. I'm not going to make the Olympic team. I've only earned 216, but for that, it's like, just go compete. I want to try to be, I think kind of a goal is top 20, which if I run the right race, a smart race could be hot and humid. Um, I've been really running in a sweatsuit for the last week, miserable, um, trying to prep for that going down early, um, Olympic trials. Um, I'm doubling back after that for the U S 50 K championships, March 10th. So two months from today. Um, and then really after that, the goal is to get auto selected or selected for the U S hundred K team, um, that'll compete at the world hundred K championships in India, late November, early December. So that that'll be exciting. Um, one thing that I, I posted really early, um, actually was like my last post of 2023 was got a world record this year. Time to go for another one next year. I want to go break the hundred K world record. It's just kind of figuring out where I can possibly go get it now. Um, it might have to be, I might have to go try to get it en route at the hundred K championships. And that'd be one of the things where it's like, all right, I'm going to go try to win the world championship wire to wire and break the world record too. Um, I think that'd be a pretty sick flex. Um, however, like if I have to, I don't say settle, the goal is just win that race. Ultimately, you know, when like we've, we've 2024 as a world champion, hopefully had, hopefully with a good trials performance, hopefully with the U S title in the 50 K championships. Um, that's kind of the goal. And then really in the middle, I don't have anything planned really April through kind of the fall. I want to run a fast marathon as well sometime, probably in the fall. Um, but we'll see, you'll, I, I can say this to you where, you know, we're chatting with a lot of other brands, you know, like official sponsors, um, you know, I work with nutrition companies and all that, which has been great. Um, but I, I, I don't have a shoe apparel sponsor at the moment. Um, they all want me, they all want to see me try to run on the trails. And I'm just like, I just broke a road world record. So I don't know if, I don't know if I necessarily want to do that. You know, I, I said this once, I'm like, you wouldn't take a Ferrari off-roading, would you? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but we'll see, you know, if the truthfully, it's like, you know, everyone like loves UTMB Western States is a massive race. Um, so, and if there's, you know, if there's a chance to go win those, it'd be pretty cool to have those titles as well. So we'll see, I might, might test the waters and uh, on some trails this summer to see what I can do. But also, like, I want to ultimately, like I said, leave, uh, leave with a world title and hopefully a world record um, at the end of this year. If, again, if I have to settle for just a world world title, that'll be fine. I'll, I'll go get a world record, you know, when it's... Just, just a world title, you know, just, you know, just a casual world title. Um, now, it's, it's a very inspiring um, goal, for sure. I think, you know, this episode will be out in maybe a couple of weeks, you know, at the start of 2024. I think this is a great sort of message to the rest um, of our audience as well to the rest of the people who are hearing this that set yourself a big goal you know for this year and next and you never know where you you where 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 life takes you i mean a year ago this time last year i had the three thousand followers on instagram <laughs> i and I, you're at I'm at 180 something under eighty thousand <laughs> um but it's it's about yeah, I, I honestly, I life has surprised me so much that I can only like shoot far and have big goals and work towards it. But sometimes I might not meet that exact goal, but adjacent to it. But and then it turns out to be better even, um, and that paved way to my other bigger goals. So you know, it's it's very interesting how how you know what what life gives you. Yeah, no, and that's the thing too, where it's like, <clears throat> you know, if you 
if you'd have told yourself, you know, a year ago, well, you know what, you're going to have 180,000 followers on Instagram. You're going to like have a super successful podcast, talk to dope people on like a weekly basis. Not saying I'm that cool, but the other people you have had are awesome. Um, no, you're definitely one of the cool ones. I appreciate you, dude. Um, you know, you'd be like, like, like that sounds awesome, you know? And like, and now it's like, now you're, you're, you're where you're at now. And I'm kind of the same way. It's like, cool. I have, have this now, where else can I take it? Like, what else can I do? Um, and, and that's, what's exciting. You know, like there's untapped and that's one thing as well, you know, just in, you know, talking to you, talking to everyone, it's like, where else can you grow, you know, as a professional and everything and then push really the boundaries of, you know, what we're doing, whether it's social media and sport, um, it's fun. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this year, um, I think one of my main goal for as a researcher of HBMN is definitely pushing more on the research end. Now that I've, I've really established on the content, we've got, you know, a, 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 a sort of automatic mechanism that keeps going, you know, like content will come out so I can focus a little bit more attention on um, making those research studies work because we have a big study in um, Belgium with Peter Haspel's group, Heal Poff, um, looking at EPO and ketone IQ. So that'll be very interesting for people like you and endurance athletes. And we're looking at both cognitive and physical performance. We've got an appetite study ongoing in Canada. We've got um, some other sleep deprivation study and, and performance study uh, upcoming. So very exciting. And then on top of that, uh, on the side, we, we're not directly collaborating with them, but we're providing them with products uh, of Ketone IQ or they're directly buying from us. We're looking at cancer. Um, we just got a grant, or not we, <laughs> the University of, of Aarhus, um, Denmark just got a grant to treat uh, heart failure patients, 200 heart failure patients with Ketone IQ for 30 days. Um, so I'm jumping on a call with them next week to really figure out how can we help them how can we you know dose correctly and making sure because preliminary results showed that ketones have been helpful for heart failure patients especially after a heart attack uh, with the mitigation of like cardiomyopathy and all of that so all the therapeutic areas and then we've got the performance areas so so let's let's just be healthy <clears throat> yeah let's be healthy also I, i'm super interested in the uh truthfully in the epo like mm -hmm. in, in the EPO realm, yeah, like even, especially you're in, in, in altitude as well and hypoxia and, and does that stack with hypoxic training or does that like negates it? it? It's all interesting to see. Yeah. I mean, even with, with Brandt, when, right before he visited in Aspen, he sent me texts like, you know, what have you noticed? Like, I'm trying to figure out some sort of protocol for coming to altitude. And it was like, you know, there was eventually like, we sent out a HM and blast about it. But it was like, you know, obviously I, like, I take iron supplements as well twice a day you know, with vitamin C, with something sugary on an empty stomach, you know, like pretty strict protocol. Plus two, it's like also with oxygen saturation, you know, one of the original studies, like with Navy SEALs and yep. in high altitude scenarios, like it's how can we optimize everything? And I know even my buddy, it's one of our competitors, Delta AG, but something I know here in Boulder, um, is they're running a study on like, yeah, post exercise EPO production supplemented with, um, with their ketone ester. Uh -huh. Um, and supposedly, and don't quote me in these numbers, but it's like up to like 20 or 30% higher can help like boost it. I don't know. But obviously it's, it's just cool research that like I'm keen to know across all fronts, you know, cause it's like, that's like, we're talking what's the numbers game. Like where else can you improve? You know? So 100%.
cool. So for our audience who would like to, you know, follow you and keep, you know, keep tracking what you're doing, what you're, you know, what, what's the next world record that you're breaking, where can they find you? Instagram without a doubt, Lawrence underscore char C H A R. So that's, that's me right there. All right. Cool. Well, thank you again uh, for coming on to the HVMN podcast. And I can't wait to meet you in person, do some contents together and, and at our events. Yeah, same way. It's going to be a fun year, dude. All right. Thank you.